0: Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm Sherry Budziak, CEO and founder of Source. Association 4.0 is how we describe the skills needed to navigate industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Association 4.0 podcast. My name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm here today with my friend, Tom Morrison, CAE. He is the CEO of the Metal Treatment Institute and is also an author, professional speaker and life coach. I'm so excited to have Tom here today to talk to us about the future of associations. So thanks for joining us today, Tom.
1: Well, Sherry, thank you so much. I've enjoyed our long friendship with you and Kevin, both professionally and personally, and I'm so glad to be here. My passion is we're in this struggle together and I love um, just being able to help other associations see where they need to go and ask the right questions and stuff, so I'm excited to be here with you today.
0: Great, thanks so much. Um, So Tom, you know, we interviewed you for the book Association 4.0, Positioning for Success in an Era of Disruption. Yeah. And at that time we knew that technology would be a disruption for associations, but little did we know that we were gonna be having having to go through um, these trials of the pandemic.
1: Well, I mean, you know, we, you know, I always talk about three disruptors in every industry, including associations, which are technology, demographic shifts, and consumer buying habits, but what COVID brought to us was: Are you prepared for the unexpected? That's the fourth disruptor. Now is the unexpected. What are you going to do when your members lose fifty percent of their sales, and and yeah. six or seven percent of them close? What are you going to do in that moment? And that's kind of so. COVID really thrust our leadership abilities in a disruptive moment in a big way and magnified so many things about weaknesses that we had. That a lot of people, I you know, I always tell people: If you if you're still in business and made it to today. It says a lot about the character and leadership ability of your organization, because this last eighteen months was probably the most ginormous challenge in our history.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess you know, what is this experience? Um, has it changed your thoughts about the future of associations?
1: You know, it, it hasn't changed my thoughts. See, I I took the pandemic as it was just another challenge. You know, I, I saw so many people kind of fretting, saying, oh, my gosh, we've seen something we've never seen before. But what, what we all have to learn as leaders is that if we just simply instituted the same thought processes, the same paths, the same systems we have to deal with any um, disaster adverse moment in our life, it walks us through that moment. So we we walked through it with a lot of confidence. Now, it doesn't mean that I didn't wake up a little stressed every now and then, but I looked <laughs> at the pandemic as just simply another Obstacle that we need to try and overcome, and we and we went into our mental systems of assessing what are our assets to do, what are the biggest obstacles to come over for members. You know, we just approached it like any other disaster that might come. I mean, I I asked one guy, I said, "What do you do when a bill comes out of the legislature that totally disrupts your members?" He goes, "Well, we Hmm. do these four things." I'm like, "Those are the four things you need to do during the pandemic, you know, to help your members, because it's no different. It's just now, it was ginormous issue that we had to deal with." But I don't think you look at the pandemic and deal with it any differently than you do in terms of a thought process of assessing, um, you know, uh, assets, liabilities, uh, what are the things we need to do, what are our members needs right now in this moment, um, which, you know, we'll talk about that through this through this process here, but, you know, I, I don't look at it any differently. I just, I just we jumped in full board with our volunteers and our board and said, what do members need right now in the next 30 days, every 30 days to make it through, and it really worked out well.
0: Yeah, that's some that's a great point Tom that's great. So what do you see um, are kind of some opportunities for organizations.
1: Well, opportunities are massive right now, especially coming out of the pandemic because the economy is beginning to catch on to what it was what it was doing pre pandemic. Um, Our economists who are the best at this stuff were telling us that we're in line for the largest economic growth in our history for the next 10 years. And that doesn't mean it doesn't have any any bumps in the ground. I mean, the 80s was this large growth, but in 87, we had this correction. Well, the next 10 years, and a lot of it boils down to the demographics. I talk a lot about demographics. We have the largest group of um, high earners coming through the next 15 to 20 years. Um, we've hmm. got 100 million millennials and Gen Zs that are reaching their early 30s. Right now, there's 100 million behind age 33 and back. So that's why I I, wrote, I, I uh, posted out a blog that was then like four or five publications and posted by ASAE on, you know, the largest wave of membership opportunity in our history. And why? Because we have the largest generation in our history coming through in their early thirties now, and they're going to start getting those first big pay raises and promotions um, in order to be able to afford most. I I don't know if you did, I didn't join anything in my twenties and most of my generation didn't join in their twenties. Why? Because we didn't have any money. we We just got our first home. We had our first couple of kids. And but now we get into our 30s, we've got our first title, our first uh, little bit of discretionary income, and we kind of figure out that we don't know everything. So we need some help. So we join our association. And right now we're at the the front end of 100 million people entering that mindset. So the largest demographic, the largest opportunity for um, associations is right in front of us if they have incredible value that deals with the largest pain points that their industry is going through. That's the key to tackling that, that, that wave of new members is making sure that you're connected with them, you understand their highest pain points, and you have the answers for them. And, I, and they're going to join because they're, they're going to have the money to.
0: That's a, a great um, observation. I think people are concerned about you know, what, what does future membership look like. So I think that's some real encouragement there, uh, Tom. So that, that's great. I guess, what do you feel are the challenges of, of getting there and getting their attention?
1: So here's here's the challenges. So, um, the associations tend to move somewhat slow because most boards, a lot of boards are made up by baby boomers, and it's nothing against them. They've just they've done business a certain way for years, and now with a changing digital marketplace, and and COVID certainly magnified that in a large way. It forced everyone's hand, and so with a digital transformation taken, there's a there's three things that are going to drag. Um, get in the way of associations growing and taking advantage of this wave of membership. One is going to be technology shifts. You're going to have to, I mean, remote work and virtual meetings are now penetrated into associations like never before, but technology is changing so fast that associations have to get on that bandwagon. If they're going to be, they got to lead the way for their members. The second thing is the labor drought. You and I talked before we got on here about a podcast myself and Dave Will did with a guy named Ron Hetrick. He is one of the most, incredible geniuses on labor data and he's got data that shows that just when when all this um assistance comes from the federal government everybody thinks no one's working because of the federal assistance Mm -hmm. that's part of the truth but when that ends in september and we get in six months there are labor challenges between now and all the way out to 2030 that are going to really get in the way so you got to be talking to your members about automation industry 4.0 you know internet of things to help them bridge the gap i always ask this question how are your members as an association going to grow their business 50% in the next 10 years? That's just 5% a year, the next 10, 10, 10 years with only adding about 10% more people. That's a very real question that, and, and now think about that. That is the largest pain point to every, every organization, to their members. So what does that lead to? That leads incredible value opportunities. If you can help your members figure out that question, you're, they're going to think you're great. You know, and then, you know, the other thing is just, um, consumer buying habits, because technology is shifting, people are buying things, and and the the demographics of that is shifting. Um, Millennials and Gen Z do things way differently than baby boomers in the purchasing mode. And so it's happening right before our eyes. So having your members understand and your association understand that consumer buying shifts will help you seize the moment for opportunities that are there uh, for your association. So those are the big three, technology shifts, rapid change, the labor drought, and the fourth one is um, is the consumer buying habits. You get your handle on those four things, your association is going to be prepared to to grow in the future.
0: So, Tom, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, or you guys having you know one of your one of the first I would say one of the first in person meetings. Um, mm-hmm. And the excitement around that and and some people are still kind of struggling with what that looks like um, what hybrid what blended you know obviously that's a lot of conversation going on right now. Um, But I want to hear a a little bit have you talk to the um, the audience here about a little bit about your wellness program and how you Mm -hmm. kind of made a, a. comfortable environment for your members to kind of get back to in person and 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 those kind of face to face meetings.
1: Well, you know, having an, in, we, we looked at it, having an in-person meeting and a lot of people say, yeah, Tom, you only had uh, 200 people at your meeting. You know, what about the large meetings like ASAE? Well, I just got back from the Florida Society of Associations meeting. I talked to the meeting planner, of the Florida Dental Association. They just had their annual meeting with 6,000 people at it. They normally wow. have set seven, eight to nine, but they, I think it was six to 6,500 people. So and talking to them, they proved to me that size of meeting doesn't really matter as long as it's a balance between not being overburdensome to the attendee, but yet doing the most doing the things you can to make everyone feel comfortable and safe in that environment. So for us as a, as a smaller association, um, what we did was we made sure we picked the location that was out that had a lot of outdoor activities and a lot of opportunities for us to have outdoor meetings that makes people feel very safe. So mm-hmm. we were on a beachfront property in Amelia Island. So oh, that nice. <laughs> that was part, yeah, that was part one. Um, we basically sent out a notice to our members beforehand saying these were the expectations and these were going to be our safety protocols and you know don't come if you have these certain things you know the typical the temperatures symptoms those kind of things Um, and then when we were on site we took everyone's temperature when they every single morning before the first event that they came to so if the first thing you showed up to was at three Mm o'clock you got a temperature check and and we gave them a wristband that said the day of the week on the wrist or around their name badge so we could tell in a eye shot if they've been uh, temperature checked that day you know a lot of people say temperature checks I mean my wife had COVID and that she had no temperature whatsoever so it's kind of up and down how effective it is but part of what that was about was making people feel comfortable that we're at least taking that measure that if someone did have a, a temperature we at least can catch them because it only takes one you know so you just got to do everything you can so we took temperatures um we had masks and hand sanitizer we had masks available at every registration desk at every meeting every session and then we had hand sanitizer on every table at every dinner every lunch every um every general session so people had the ability to keep clean along the way um all of our and and setup was a big deal we had all of our general sessions which are normally crescents of seven they were crescents of four Mm -hmm. um because we did a lot of round table discussions and then the big thing we did was we asked all of our attendees would you would do you require a personal six foot table in the general session and we had three that did so we get around the perimeter We had six foot tables that individuals could sit at if they wanted that space, wanted more space than the four round round table. And then dinners were uh, crescents of six, or they were rounds of six instead of rounds of 10. So the big deal for us safety protocol is just create space um, for everybody so they feel comfortable. And what you learn is the vast majority of people that come have really kind of worked through that this is, it's a real deal, but we want to meet and, and they appreciate the association making this comfortable as possible them have as much space as they need individually because you have some people that would they'd be like pre-COVID they're like within two feet of each other then you have others that were you know four and five feet away talking to each other and then we really had a, a message to everybody please respect everyone's wishes and during this time frame if someone only wants to be six feet from you and talk that's not a big deal don't judge anybody through what you feel like you're doing respect everybody's space you know talking about that bubble getting everybody's personal space so we just asked everybody to respect everybody's personal space and everybody did. It was really, really good. So um, we had a great meeting, n- had no mishaps, and it was all good.
0: That's fantastic. I, I, I said there's some things that have happened during this time, like you talk about going from eight people to and around to four people. I'm like, Ooh, I hope we can keep that. I kind of like my space. You can have all your stuff on the table and not feel crowded, regardless of COVID, right?
1: <laughs> well, you know, with dinner, people loved rounds of six. Now, granted, you'd like—I think rounds of eight might be the magic number. But man, when you're in the rounds of ten, you're you're gonna you have no elbow room whatsoever. So I, it was it was mm-hmm. really and the cool thing was is it made the room look really large. When you got rounds of six, you obviously have to expand your your room base and square footage you need. So it really added some some space to the meeting, which we really liked.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Um, so Tom, talk to me a little bit on um, what do you feel is the most important thing that leaders can do right now to position their
1: organizations for success in the future? I really think they have to lead with a big thought process of going back out and getting into their members' heads and asking them, what is what is your biggest pain points? Because COVID changed what the pain points were for a lot of organizations. And we have this this uh, acronym that we use called ALIVE, and I encourage everybody to think it through because it really gives you a mindset about how to approach members to get them tuned in to value and engagement. So A stands for ask, ask the right questions to your members. And then L is listen intently for the pain points because that's what you need to solve for them. Ever Anybody can give, I know, you know, we used to give... Uh, Um, discounts for cell phones and credit cards and stuff like Mm -hmm. anybody can give them that you need every day your member wakes up with a challenge on the way to work and they're they're struggling with that challenge and you need to tap in to help them fix that challenge so and and i means i stands for innovate so you ask you listen then you innovate to come up with the solutions that create what is the v which is the value and then e is simply execute with excellence and engage so we, we really have that mindset in our association. We Everything goes through that lens, ask, listen, innovate with value and engage. And it really helps. I think that's where, that's where associations, if they're gonna lead well, have to get into that mode because that's what members are looking for us, especially the younger generation. They're looking for what value are you giving me for the dues I'm paying? Because that, that's what we're all looking for, right? Everybody talks about the key to, to renew. You can make a big difference in your industry, but if that big difference in your industry doesn't, um, connect with the value and make somebody want to write the, write the check at the moment of retention, renewal, then it really, making a difference was off or not. That's why I always say, share. and you've heard me say this, members support your mission, but they buy your value. And I think that's what it was, that's the one comment everybody from this podcast needs to take away to put focus on that so they can really grow into that organization that really can make a difference.
0: I love that, Tom. That's great. Alive. I think that's very easy for people to remember too. That that's fantastic. Um, so, what do you feel? Are Are you seeing kind of, or how do you see association business models changing? Do you see them changing post pandemic, or are there things that people need to be thinking about?
1: You know, you're 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 talking to someone who really believes and has my entire career that associations, trade or professional societies are the strongest business model ever to assimilate people to make a difference for a cause and so when you understand that the question is is then okay how do you drive the value we just talked about so i think business i think association business models don't necessarily need to change dramatically because anybody when i i'm i'm a big one that doesn't like the freemium model when you talk to me about free membership it's like well you haven't you have no value then because you haven't learned how to sell it to a point where people want to pay for it you have real value and people want to pay you for it so I think what like an example for us we represent 50 percent of our industry and the other 50 percent as we find from marketing general's uh, annual surveys typically aren't joiners at all the average association has about 45 to 50 percent of their total market population as members so we're really trying to work hard to see how do we grasp that other 50 percent that don't join anything anyway And so what we did was we went to our online academy. We have an academy that you get half off as a member. So what we do, we took the academy and said, we created a subscription model to that, which guess what? When you pay the non-member retail rate, it's the price of membership plus the price of the 50% discount plus $250. So we're actually making more money if they just join the academy. But many people love to subscribe to things, but they don't like to join things. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's
1: it's a quasi-membership model. That we've innovated to push through that now getting people to join our academy as a subscriber, which they're getting the same thing they get when they join as an association, association member. So I don't think the membership model is going away. I think it's very strong. I think people just need to think through what is the model that can work for you to get the most people to want to join your association.
0: So on that another topic, Tom, is technology. Um, You know, how do you feel technology has continued to change how associations operate today?
1: Well, given the labor drought, I mean, it's hard to just go out and find someone to be an assistant membership director, or an assistant meetings director. Yeah. Technology. I encourage every association we have we have grown over twenty six hundred percent in net reserves in 16 years with the same four people. And we've been able to do that because we've leveraged. And really become masters at using technology to do things that we used to do manually so technology is going to help you in this mode of the next 10 years where you want to grow but you don't have not a lot to choose from in terms of labor you need to really tap into technology to do so many menial tasks that we typically done you know how is your uh is your membership recruitment and a kind of a drip email campaign is your uh, new member process is it audit? automated. So you need to look at your association to automate as much as possible. Um, I crack up when I hear that there's people still on access to their their data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how can you do that? You know? And so, right? I mean, we're in the cloud for our, our data, our AMS, our meeting planning, our online learning, everything that we do as an association online community, We everything's online and in the cloud. And the pandemic wasn't a big deal for us because we've been prepared for eight years to work remotely because we travel so much. So it was just like a blip on the screen for us in terms of functionality, but technology is going to play a huge role, um, in your, in your, in your association solely because you're not going to be able to find a whole lot of people.
0: Yeah, that, and we're, we see all the time, as you can imagine, Tom, through the consulting business, we'll get calls where we're like, people aren't really utilizing their AMS and they've got Excel spreadsheets all over the organization and, just the, you know, look, looking at and evaluating kind of your business processes and streamlining them, as you have mentioned, is like very, very important. Um, And sometimes the organizations have the tools there, but they're not utilizing them. But it sounds like you guys have really looked at, you know, optimizing and then growing with your technology platforms um, as you guys have grown.
1: Yeah. And you have to be willing to make the investment. I mean, everything that we do isn't isn't like it's not overly expensive but it's not dirt cheap it's definitely a number you see in the budget and go okay that's a number but here's what we know every year we look back and say man how could we have ever made it without that technology you know we couldn't do that without it so it's really about really maximizing your staff to spend and here's what really is a big uh, benefit of it once you've automated a lot of your stuff like Our members never have to call us to to get any kind of document. They can download, they can buy, they can register, they can do anything, they can check their accounts. What that does is when your members don't have to call for transactional items, it frees Mm -hmm. your staff up to actually have outbound calls to have more relational conversations with your members. And that's where we are. We need to have more relational conversations with our members to get them to feel the presence of the associations. That's what I love about what it's done for us is we're done with transactional phone calls predominantly. And now our phone calls are based upon um, relational type phone calls.
0: That's great. I guess if you had one of the like most important kind of new technologies or things to be associations should be thinking about um, in terms of technology, what would that be?
1: You know, I'm just going to throw it out there because it's it's making a difference for us. I know it's what you see with ASAE, but membership engagement is so incredible. And how do you, if, if you, especially if you're a society, see, we've got 370 member companies. If you're a society that's got tens of thousands of members, how do you reach the vast majority of them on an individual basis to ask them, what can we do for you that can make a difference? And so propfuel.com, it's a guy named Dave Will. They've got the latest, if you're a member of ASAE, you get their emails from Amy Hempfell um, asking questions. That's a technology that PropFuel has put together that allows you to engage members on an individual basis with questions to start having a conversation. So they've literally um digitize the ability to engage members down to the individual and it's just, it's really exciting stuff now what you got to have on the other side is you got to be prepared to answer all those you know answer those callings when people say hey i'd love to have this or this is my big pain point but what it does it takes from the normal process of you being able to send out emails and just get get back a bunch of stuff it allows you to have a conversation with your member and when they answer a certain way it allows, you, it allows you to set a link to where they can go out and get information on that immediately. So it automates kind of the um, the act process as well. So proprio.com I think for me, is kind of the latest and greatest technology that's really making a difference in many associations I see.
0: That's great. Thanks for sharing that, Tom. So um, I guess, is there any kind of final thoughts uh, that you want to share today?
1: You know, I just want to speak to my association friends out there and fellow colleagues and say, you know, stand strong and stand up and get in front of this change for your members because it's the the opportunities in front of us i I, it's amazing to me sherry when people go that opportunity is really there and when you look at the demographic numbers and the economic numbers of the future the next 10 years are going to be the best 10 years of our life and i want you to lead with that instead of thinking that that, that there's not a lot of hope in the future so lead big and think big and go strong in the future and be that place for your members because um at the end of the day it is so rewarding when you see all this stuff come through and you see your members smiling, going, man, we're so glad we're a member of your association.
0: Well, thanks, Tom. I um, appreciate that. It's, uh, it was great talking with you today. And um, uh, if people want to get in contact with you, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you do keynote presentations. You have a lot of this content that you talk about with with associations through your keynotes. Um, how can they get in touch with you?
1: You know, they, they can talk, they can get me, they can go to my website at Tom Morton it's just my name tom they can email me at tom at tom and would love, love to talk to anybody that wants to see someone talk to their members about the different changes and the fast-paced change and technologies coming up it's fast and furious and the biggest thing I, that's see a lot of people sherry look at us and say you know a lot of things what you talk about are not association driven and it's right because in order for associations to thrive in the future their members have to be successful and they're only going to be successful if they understand the technology, consumer buying habits, and demographic shifts coming their way so they can make the right choices for their future.
0: That's great. Well, thanks so much, Tom. I really appreciate your time today. I know you're busy and um, and really appreciate it. Uh, and um, uh, hopefully we can talk again soon.
1: Always glad to be with you, Sherry. Thank you very much.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style in your association. .orgsource specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com to find out how to get your organization on track to association 4.0. You can also engage in other educational content by becoming a member of .org community or reading our books on Association 4.0, which you can find on Amazon. We look forward to hearing from you soon.